Hello, my name is Dr. Bertrand Liang, and welcome to Patient Stories, episodes about some remarkable people whom I've met through the opportunity of being a physician. There's tough, and then there's tough. Mr. D was brought to see me by his son and daughter, driving four hours from their home to the clinic. They lived in a remote part of the rural part of the state. Mr. D farmed about 100 acres of land that had been in his family for several generations. His kids told me that his crops rotated on a seasonal basis with field crops such as corn and tomatoes as well as onions. Mr. D said virtually nothing during the opening aspects of our first visit. However, I noted a clear weakness on the left when the patient and the family entered into the clinic. When I asked the patient why he had come into the clinic today, he only said, nope. His daughter then noted that over the past few weeks, she had seen her father start to slow down and that he'd been unable to finish his usual work by sundown. When she asked him if he was okay, he only noted a headache. His son also noticed that doors to the barn had been left open and that a couple of times the truck hadn't been turned off after his dad had been driving around the farm. His son had followed up on his sister's question and received the same reply, a headache. Over the ensuing weeks, both kids noticed that their father was having more difficulty around the house, and there was one episode noted by both kids where Mr. D seemed to run into the door. Over the past two weeks, he had gotten severely weak on the left, to the point where he almost was dragging his left foot and not using his left arm at all. When Mr. D was queried about this, he only noted that he had a headache, then added, need to get back to the farm, have lots of work to do. Mr. D's exam was remarkable. He was totally unaware of his left-sided weakness. And when formally testing strength, when confronted with this fact, he noted that he felt strong. His sensory perceptions were off as well. He could tell when I was touching either his left arm or his right, but when touching them together, he only noted it on his right side. Further, he tended to neglect his left side, sitting in a posture facing the right. He would not even acknowledge that his left hand was his own. In contrast, he seemed to have diminished hearing on the right side, which he did note. Mr. D's son also noted there was a history of deafness in the family, which seemed to be a running joke for all, causing them all to smile. I told Mr. D and his family that we would need to do some imaging studies and that his examination suggests a localization of an issue to the right side of his brain. Indeed, his symptoms seem to involve a considerable amount of his right side, from the frontal to the parietal lobe. Since they had driven so far, I would arrange to have the scan done that day so they wouldn't have to come back for it. I feared the worst, but arranged for the scan to be done later on that morning, and that I would be called with the result. I was paged around 11 a.m., and when I called in, one of my neuroradiology colleagues said, Mr. D's your patient, right? You should get down here and take a look at the MRI. I think you'll find it interesting. I ran downstairs to the reading room to look at the films, and what I saw was indeed, to use his word, interesting. There was a huge six centimeter tumor extending from the right frontal to parietal lobes with compressed brain underneath it without any remarkable swelling. But in addition, there was another tumor beneath it, seemingly along the pathway of the acoustic nerve, albeit smaller at around two centimeters in diameter, and in addition, yet another tumor, similar on the left side, okay, on that same acoustic type nerve, which was small, only about a half centimeter in diameter. Mr. D had three tumors, all most likely benign, and probably acoustic neuromas and a meningioma. 
The bilateral acoustic neuromas was a strong indication of a genetic syndrome called neurofibromatosis. Meningiomas could also arise as a result of the syndrome as well, and the family history of hearing loss could well be due to this diagnosis. I called my neurosurgical colleague, who was in the OR, and gave him a quick history and examination review. He agreed to look at the scans and see the patient in my clinic after his current surgery. When I went to speak with the patient and family, both children looked anxious, but the patient, of course, appeared calm. As I addressed the patient and his family, I first asked, how many people in, in your family have this hearing problem? Surprised, the son noted, well, dad, my uncle, and their dad at least, with the daughter noting, but mom has never had problems. My reply was that there was good news and somewhat other news that needed to be addressed. I told the three of them that there were tumors in the brain causing his symptoms, but I believed they were benign. However, to avoid further worsening, I believe they should be removed. As a result, because of the distance that the family had to travel, I had asked one of the neurosurgeons to come up and speak with them once he'd finished the case. But as well, given the clinical scenario and the family history, I was concerned that this might be the manifestation of a genetic syndrome, which could be inherited from Mr. D. Uh, you mean us, said his daughter. Yes, I replied. We have genetic counselors here that can talk to you about this. It is very rare, but something you should consider knowing more about. And there are tests to determine if it is the case that you have the genetic mutation. Usually, though, the syndrome can result in hearing loss. Both kids were silent at first, but Mr. D's son then said, We'll need to talk about this first, but let's get Dad taken care of. Mr. D ended up having his meningioma removed successfully. After discussion with the other doctors about the acoustic neuromas, he ended up having the right one radiated and the left one watched. His kids decided to have genetic testing done and followed up with the genetic counselors, and they were indeed positive for their neurofibrosis gene abnormality. When I last saw Mr. D, he was as about as talkative as the first time, with his usual one-word answers, and the need, of course, to get back to work. But he did note as he left clinic, in his inimitable accent, good harvesting this season will be good for everyone. Several weeks later, when I was seeing one of my patients in the hospital, I got a call from the receptionist at clinic that someone had dropped off a box. When I finally got to clinic, it was closed, but the box was up front. On a hand-scribbled note, it said, good harvest this year, hope for many more. I could only smile, collect the box. Lots more work to do. Thank you very much for joining me for Patient Stories. Be happy, be healthy, and find peace.